And welcome to the BSA Capital Tech and Transitional Energy Podcast on Thursday, November the 24th. And uh, happy Thanksgiving Day, Phil. Yeah, well, it is, isn't it? Oh, thank you. Yeah, I forgot about that. Actually, talking to turkeys, well, they're sort of big chickens, aren't they, really? Have you got enough eggs at home? There's a bit of an egg shortage, isn't there? Yeah, I've got five, just in case anyone wants to buy one. What, five chickens? No. <laughs> Five, five eggs. eggs. Yeah, yeah, of course. Why have you got so five? They come in half dozens. Anyway, uh, I'll tell you what, there is a sort of a reason why I mentioned eggs and things, because actually we had a request this week of do we look at agri-tech at all? Um, and actually, I know that um, this week has been quite a lot of uh, activity, and I think it's called BSF Enterprise. Um and people are all sort of getting excited by it. The answer is we don't really do agri-tech. We probably should. Um, one of my favorite people to follow is a guy called Tony Sieber, and he is really into that. And I'd recommend following him if you're into agri-tech. We also, of course, have an asset manager around here at VSA Capital who is basically a mining asset manager, but she's also just started an agri-fund as well. Uh, and I know that um, at Schroeder's, they have um, basically a food and agricultural uh, fun looking at these sort of things as well, uh, run by Felix Odie, um, which I believe is pretty good. So that I would recommend having a look at that as well if you're into that sort of space. But unfortunately, I don't think we can help, can we, Phil? No, well, not at the moment, but but I think, as you might say, you know, it's, it's something we should look at, maybe have a look at a bit further, and I will well, do yeah, maybe we will. Maybe we will. Now, there's a lot of news. We've better not waffle too yeah. much. Although I've got to say, you you've probably been watching the World Cup, have you, uh, Phil? Uh, no, Andrew. I've got, as you know, the office uh, sweepstake, and I have um, Wales uh, who drew, and I've just drawn Ecuador as well. So I'm just waiting in anticipation. I think I, I paid to clean out all the rubbish in the office sweepstake just to keep the thing, the, the, the kitty topped up. But I'll tell you what I did find. Interesting, one interesting statistic from the World Cup, that is the most expensive World Cup ever by miles. It's cost about $220 billion because, of course, they've had to build everything, all the stadiums and everything. Whereas, of course, had it been in any other country, the stadiums probably would have already been there. But there's an interesting statistic for you that I found. Well, I found it interesting anyway. Now, also, just as a little bit of a preamble, as I say, there's actually quite a lot to talk about. It mustn't preamble yeah. too much. But it is, I think, also worth just pointing out at the moment that, uh, and I've been certainly talking to my clients a lot about this, um, but COVID is breaking out actually pretty badly in China at the moment. Uh, 1.3 million close contact cases. Uh, and I think something like uh, 25,000 actually reported cases of COVID. Now, normally when you get reported, you have a couple of noughts on to get the real thing. We've seen the Apple iPhone factory. There's on social media videos everywhere where COVID has spread around that and that whole city of Xinjiang uh, or somewhere. Um, but it is going to become a bit of a problem, you know, uh, if China has this goes back into lockdown again. We're in the zero COVID situation. It just isn't changing. Uh, and I think one has to factor all of that in um, when looking at markets. Having said that, markets are a lot more stable. I think we're all hoping, aren't we, for a Santa rally towards the end of the year. That would be nice, wouldn't it? Um, and, well, we'll see. The pound is back to 121. All those people who said that it was going to go below parity, like the BBC, they got that completely wrong. We said it would bounce back up. We got it absolutely right. And actually, I noticed that interest rates, that the UK 10-year government 
the bond rate has just dropped below 3%, which is pretty promising. Um, so maybe it's it's not all bad out there. Uh, any thoughts on any of that, uh, Phil? Well, yeah, I mean, to back, back, back that sort of up, I was reading this morning also that um, the minutes have come out of the Federal Reserve meeting in the States, um, and they're signalling a slowdown in the pace of interest rate hikes, uh, potentially, and we're waiting for uh, news out of the European uh, Central Bank. I think that's the day. And also there was news in the week that German producer prices had posted their first monthly fall in two and a half years. This was in October. Um, and they're, you know, again, raising hopes that uh, inflation uh, had potentially peaked. So that's, yeah, some pretty, you know, it's pretty generally some good news. Well, as you know, I think I've been predicting in H2 2023 that we will actually have deflation. Uh, we've got Brent crude now at 84 as well, which will help that. Uh, if we go to deflation, it'll be interesting to see if all the unions that are striking at the moment trying to get more money, if they will actually then go out and strike saying, no, you've got to give us less money because we've got deflation. Somehow I don't think they'll be doing that. Uh, but there you go. Um, but yeah, I think uh, from a stock market point of view, it's still quite a complicated mishmash out there. But um, I think one can be a little bit more positive, um, which is why we could get sent to rally. Anyway. Let's, um, I think there's a lot of uh, news and stuff out there. Yeah, uh, so, and as you know, one of my games is to try and catch you out and see what you, what maybe if I spotted something that you didn't spot, Phil. Um, but why don't uh, you kick off with the news and uh, I'll see if I can catch you out. Right, perfect. So uh, Road Talk, uh, ticker is ROR, 2.6 billion market cap. So just kick off with a larger cap one. They had a trading update for the four months to October end, and you may have come across Road Talk in the past, Andrew, uh, but they're a very big manufacturer and developer of uh, valves and actuators and pneumatic systems, instrumentation control. It's a big engineering company uh, serving oil and gas, water chemicals, processing, all sorts of industries. Uh, and they were saying, it was really interesting on this, uh, that their revenues for the four months grew by 18.6% on an organic constant currency basis. Obviously, currency has its impact right now um, and with the strength of the dollar, but nonetheless, they're seeing strong growth there. The combination of, um, of volume, also higher pricing, they've been able to put the prices up and uh, successful supply chain improvement measures. Um, so all in all, I thought that was quite an interesting um, set of results from uh, from Rotalk. I mean, as you, as, you, as you say, Rotalk's been around forever, actually. Again, it was yeah. a bit like last week, we were talking about all these IT companies that have, have been around ever since I've been in the market over 40 years. Mm. And, you know, just basically had stupendous performance, uh, particularly after the sort of noughties um, and benefiting, of course, from lower interest rates, which obviously helped. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's another stock that had you bought 40 years ago and just sat on it. Um, you would um, be feeling pretty happy with yourself, wouldn't you? Yeah, absolutely. But there's still an opportunity now to keep track, track of this one. Um, because, you know, I, I thought it was quite interesting. I think they'd also said that a lot of the uh, spend. Yeah, here we are. Activity in the period was driven by customers operational. Uh, rather than capital expenditure, continue to spend on automation, electrification and digitalization of, of, of projects. So interesting to see, you know, OPEX as a as a driver, because that can be quite sensitive as you go through an economic, um, you know, an economic slowing. So, uh, yeah, good indicator there. Also, did you see Diploma, another company that's been around for a long time, 
uh, ticker is DPLM. The market cap is 3.5 billion, um, and they have their full year results to uh, the end of September. Uh, and diploma shares are up by, I was just looking, by 14% in the last six months. And they produce um, controls, uh, wiring systems, uh, seals and gaskets. Uh, they've got consumables and instrumentation to life sciences. They provide, you know, the supply of the telecoms, technology, uh, telecommunications markets, EV, energy, renewables, uh, and life sciences. So one of these companies, very, very well established, great longevity across a spread of end markets. So very strong brands um, in there. And they reported revenues up by um, 29%, but obviously this is a company that acquires as well, it's a big business. But their organic revenue um, was up by 15% uh, to, I think, billion pounds um, of operating profits of 190 million. But what's interesting here was they were able to maintain their operating margins. Um, and this is in an inflationary you know, environment where you've got costs that are increasing, but they held their margins and generated very strong free cash flow, something we always look at. You know, and that was up by 11% to 120 million. So good, yeah, nice nice set of results from uh, Diploma there. And they were saying particularly they'd seen sort of strong aerospace demand um, and good growth from the renewable sector as well. So, uh, yeah, that was good to see. I mean, you know, we'll come on to most of them, well, one or two that weren't great this this week. Most of them are all pretty good, but actually most of them also like diploma, as you said, all, you know, they start off with a very strong um, uh, statement, but then at the end of it, they tend to go, you know, our guidance is still consistent with what we said before or in line with whatever. So we're not actually seeing many upgrades from these companies uh, and diploma did end with a sort of consistent with our guidance. Yeah. Um, but yeah, they're, they're good. So uh, yeah. anyway, keep cracking on because we've got quite yeah, a lot to get yeah, to. I, I think I think my message would be, Andrew, though, it's pretty good that they're holding their own in, you know, what is an inflationary environment and we've had supply that, you know, that, that's quite. Yeah, I agree. Quite, I agree. That's, that's quite crazy. Solid state. Um, so the ticket is S-O-L-I, market cap's 145 million. Um, and this is one that we've we've often discussed in this podcast that's on news. Uh, their shares are up by 8.5% over 12 months. Um, and they've announced a new contract. A solid state is a specialist in electronics. Um, so they not only distribute electronic components, but they also develop, uh, build electronic systems, assemblies. They made an acquisition in the States of a, a, a battery pack uh, manufacturer in the US earlier this year. But they've, they've just announced that they've been awarded a further £9.8 million contract by NATO. Um, to supply communications equipment to defence customer through its systems division. Uh, and that's, this is a follow-up order um, for one that was announced, a 7.3 million order in November of uh, 2022 with uh, NATO. And they, the company had announced in October uh, a trading update for the six months ending September, and they're expecting revenues of 59 million versus 39 million. Um, and including that's com- uh, like for like, which we'll look at, which is you know organic growth of 30% across the currency basis and profits up as well. So they're progressing very well. Yeah, and it's one you like, so it's one you've talked quite a lot about. Uh, we should get them in actually, Phil, and have a little chat with them. Okay, I will. Uh, I will look into that. Uh, another one quite like, which has been progressing well, is uh, is Calnex. Uh, ticker is CLX. The market cap is 135 million pounds share price up 19 percent last 12 months they have interims 
Uh, and Calnex is uh, its test and measurement solutions for the telecommunications sector. And I used to cover Spirants in this space as well. It's a larger company. But in, in telecoms, when you're developing equipment, you need to test it all thoroughly to see that it will work on the actual networks themselves. So they called network emulation uh, and synchronization. Um, and so they're they're providing their, their telecommunications testing kit to uh, the manufacturers of telecoms equipment, uh, but also for telecoms infrastructure providers as well. Um, and a lot of their, you know, sort of their business is being driven by, um, you know, hyperscale, so data centers, things like 4G and 5G. So where you need lots and lots of data, um, you know, lots of advanced equipment to run the network. So they had their interims um, and just quickly running through those, their sales were up by 38%, 12.7 million. Um, and their profit before tax, which you always like to see, is sort of more or less tracking sales, was up by 34% to three million pounds. And they closed with cash of 14.4 million pounds. So it's well, you know, it's pretty well funded, generating a, a divvy. Um, and they said, yeah, Andrew, you know, confident that they will be in line with market expectations. So cracking on. Yeah. That's quite a decent set of results there. Very good. Come on, find us one that's uh, going to beat expectations. I'm sure you can. Beat expectations. Ah, OK, well, well let's just look here. Let's have a quick look through that I've got. So uh, CML Microsystems, they might do. Uh, so CML, it's a, it's a smaller one. I've known this company for a long time. Uh, the ticket CML, 67 million market cap. They had interims. Um, and they are a what's called a, a, a fabulous uh, semiconductor company. So they design the semis um, and they use external wafer fabs to make the semiconductor chips. Um, and they obviously they market them internationally. Uh, they specialize in chips for wireless communications, um, particularly 5G, Internet of Things, uh, but satellite comms as well, uh, and aerospace and defense. And they had their uh, was interim results and they sales were up, revenues were up by 22%, profits were up um, from 0.5 million to 1.75 million, uh, profit for tax up by 81%. And this company has uh, about 23 million of cash. Um, so I think there's one that has potential, I think this one may have potential for upside. Uh, you know, it's exposure to defense, it's network infrastructure spending, satcoms. You know, these are decently, these these are markets that are sort of less cyclical in their growth. So um, I think this one could do quite well as well funded. That's a good one. Well, it's always good to have cash, isn't it? I thought you may have mentioned AO World who had interims. <gasps> Andrew. Have I done it again? You caught me out. Don't worry. I just it's actually it's quite obviously again, it's quite a good sort of bellwether stop. But it was interesting that they did say that they thought their full years now would be at the top end of guidance. And actually they said in full year 24, profit guidance will be above consensus. So uh, one that's going well. There you go. I just like to catch you out every now and then for I'll tell you, what, I'll give you one which you, which you will have looked at. Um, and that's Johnson Matty. I did. You did, and you're now thinking, what the hell did they say? <laughs> Briefly, Andrew, you may have seen more. Oh, I love it. I love it. 
I'll tell you what, look, everything was all sort of fine. As you know, Johnson Massey had been actually undergoing quite a lot of change um, yeah. recently. They were interims. They were all in line. It was fine. Um, um, so that's all fine. And their outlook was all sort of fine as well. Um, you know, consensus range, all this sort of stuff. What I thought was interesting, they did say there were advanced talks to secure a large scale strategic partnership in hydrogen technologies. This is the way Johnson Massey are really pushing is hydrogen technologies. Yeah. Um, so just be aware of that. And yeah, they had interims this week. It's one we've talked about quite a lot. Yeah. We've even had them actually yeah. um, on our podcast talking yeah, to us. Know. So uh, we do. Uh, I actually have a soft spot for Johnson Massey. Uh, and actually, if you look at it, believe it or not, year to date, they're up 2.88%. Um, there aren't many stocks that you can say are actually up year to date. Now, admittedly, that's because they had a pretty bad year last year when they ran into a lot of problems and changed the management, et cetera. Um, but things ticking along quite nicely there. Um, right, uh, that was two I caught you out. Back to you, Phil. Yeah, OK. Well, this is, um, I'm just going to focus on, I've got another small company here, which was, I've not looked at before. It's called Interseed. I don't know if you come across them. The ticket's IGP. It's, only, it's 33 million market cap, so it's a small one. Um, and they specialise in, um, sort of, they say cyber security, software but actually it's more to do with a very advanced digital identity technology um so this is for users and systems you know you've got the two-stage password authentication that we get all you know all the time to log in this is a lot more uh advanced than that um and they use what's called uh, pki certificates that are issued on secure devices anyway their tech uh, is such that it's used by global aerospace and defence manufacturers, UK government, uh, US banks. Um, so it's obviously pretty good at what it does. Um, but they had said they had interims to September um, and their sales uh, were up by 24% to £6 million. Profit before tax uh, from breaking to about £0.6 million. Um, and the net profit was up as well, and you know the margins, uh, yeah, the net margins were up. So and it's got 10 million in cash. But what's interesting about this is not only is it winning new business, uh, it's got cash, but it also looks like it's been going through board changes as well. Something we always look out for because you can see a, you know, often get fresh, a fresh direction. So they've got a new FD on board uh, and a new chairman on board. So. I think this is one that will be, um, I want to keep an eye on. Obviously, yeah, it looks like another one you better get in, Phil. And I mean, talking of seeds, I think, correct me if I'm wrong, did you go to the SuperSeed Capital Markets Day? SuperSeed obviously is a basically a private equity for seed capital, um, but we floated a vehicle to reflect their private equity. We did it at a time when it's quite tricky, and so it's still quite a small company. We floated on Aquis, but it's really, really interesting. Did, did you go to the Capital Markets, Phil? Yeah, I did. Yeah. And what what was your view? Uh, right. Um, well, SuperSeed is a they invest in seed companies, um, seed stage uh, technology companies. Um, so they're quite early stage. Um, they are. I mean, they've got some they've got some cracking businesses in their portfolio. I mean, they, they focus on um, SaaS based businesses, so software related, and um, mainly on the sort of uh, AI, it's business-to-business -business software, but they, you know, they look at software products that 
drive you know efficiency uh productivity robustness in supply chains so they've got uh company supply chain tech they've got uh software company in intrabank trading uh the software company that uh does very large scale 3d uh printing and it's it's got customers already in the automotive and aerospace markets and these are so these are but the early stage uh, you know the, like the intraday banking software companies already had um it's software trial by 13 banks on large scale trial. So these are quite early stage software businesses that have already getting traction with very large companies. Uh, and they've got a portfolio of these. So, so yeah, Superseed, it's, it's quite an acquis, but well worth looking at, I think, for the quality. You know, it is a corporate client, but it, they've got some very high quality early stage tech investments. That it's the only way, isn't it, really? Well, yeah. not the only way, but if you want to get into seed investment, which is really difficult and potentially dangerous, it's a really safe way of doing it. Um, they will actually, of course, be presenting at our Acris Showcase Day, and Britain's got Acris competition next Tuesday at the Royal College of Surgeons. If you haven't got your ticket yet, then please do. We've only got about five places left. We've got a huge take up for that. Uh, it's going to be an incredible day. But talking of sort of, um, you know, uh, uh, collectives in IT, uh, we also had Molten Ventures update, didn't we? Which is the old uh, Draper Esprit. Yeah, we yes, we did. Um, what to say about that? Well, what I, I couldn't yeah, say, no, uh, um, and that is that basically, you know, actually, like anybody else, and we've seen it with IP Group, which is the well one that's very yeah. well known, should we say, is that, you know, they've had a pretty tough time because they've had yeah, to yeah. mark everything down so much. But what was interesting was that they are now trading at a discount to their NAV of like sort of 45% coming on 50%, mm. uh, which in my view is is just ludicrous. I mean, the market doesn't seem to be in the mood at the moment for changing that. Um, but I think that, you know, yeah, Molten Ventures, IP Group, will put Super C Capital in as well because our, our client actually are all stocks when the market recovers and people start going, actually, no, IT hasn't gone away. We still need it. Uh, these are stocks that are going to be really good performers. And actually, for anybody who wants what I described as just a, 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 an easy way of, of um, uh, you know, not having to pick the individual stocks, it's quite difficult. These are great stocks to get involved with. And so I'll just check my numbers, actually. It was a 54% discount. That is crazy. They came out with an NAV of 837p. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, yeah. I mean, the one that we also should just maybe mention, Phil, because there was one that had um, bad news, actually, and that was PodPoint. Well, go on, Andrew. I haven't done it again. I think this is three I, times. I, they did so actually come out with a trading well, statement yeah. uh, on Monday, actually. It's maybe yeah. early in the week for you, right? Mm. Uh, where they said that actually they were downgrading everything and EBITDA loss of around seven million pounds and the outlook for 2023 wasn't very good. Uh, I mean, PodPoint, again, it's unfortunately sort of fallen into this whole group of transitional energy stocks that have, have had a terrible year. They're down 75% this year. You know, the theory is we need we need all these transitional energy stocks, but a bit like the dot-com boom, everybody got far too excited a couple of years ago, ramped all these stocks up too high, and then they got impatient because it wasn't happening straight away, and so they've all come crashing back down. But what you do know, of course, because we saw it in the dot-com boom, is that, yes, some die out, but the good ones actually then go on to be incredibly successful. So, yes, it was disappointing that PodPoint warned, but, you know, um, 
it doesn't mean to say they're down and out. It just means the share prices collapse. It's a bit of a dot-com boom. It's a good, but it is a good time to be looking at a lot of these things. And, and you're right on these funds. You know, I was looking at HG Capital as well. Um, and they've got some, some you know, really good high-quality software companies in there. And the, the fund, you know, you've got to be remembered that the fund managers, these fund, they, you know, they've got teams working around them. They've got expertise to draw on external advisors, and they look at these investments very, very carefully. Uh, and there's some good quality businesses in there. And, and you're right, the, you know, the levels they're getting marked down to now versus the, you know, the businesses that they have. It's a, it's a good time for investors to start, you know, do the research and have a look at these. It's opportunities are rare. Well, it's all you've always got to do your research. You've always got to look for it. There'll yeah. always be opportunities. There are also things you don't need to do. I mean, finally, for me, Phil, I don't know if you saw this one, but some of it, some may remember a few years back, we acted briefly for a company called Zap Scooters um, out of Bangkok, actually, but potentially to, to raise money in the UK. Um, we, we tried, but we never could quite keep the faith. It seemed too far out. Um, I see that this week they managed to reverse into a, a US NASDAQ listed SPAC that valued the whole thing at about three quarters of a billion. Um, and uh, it is quite extraordinary. I know one or two investors, uh, or I know one investor in particular, who apparently has now just got a 50 million pound profit on this. We actually helped him put his money in through a, uh, a convertible note. Uh, I am sitting there thinking, I wish we'd taken our, our fee, Phil, which was a very small number. Had we taken it in paper, it would be two and a half million pounds. I mean, well done, Sven. If you're listening, you're probably not. You're too rich to listen now. Um, but it shows that that crazy SPAC market is still playing a game out there in transitional energy. Um, quite extraordinary. Look, it is. But it, it you know, and it's and it, but it's great to talk about. And it's great to be looking at these things. Um, and the thing to, you know, the, t- the time to really be looking is, is at times like this where things are getting so discounted. Yeah. Well, we'll keep you continue to keep investors updated. The, the moral of the story is, is that the transitional energy revolution is still happening. Yes, it just takes time, though, but you've got to keep the faith. And sometimes just, you know, we're going to have to fight to get through to the finishing line. But once you get there, the upside could be tremendous. Anyway, that's all for me. Anything else from you, Phil? just as a theme to end on is I don't know if there were some announcements this week on uh, battery installations in Australia. Um, And this is, you know, this is transitional energy. This is to keep the grid stable. Um, But the two big projects announced, one was for 900 megawatts and another one was for 1,200 megawatts of battery storage. Absolutely. You know, this is very large scale investment in uh, renewable infrastructure, you know, in the infrastructure for uh, for renewables. So there, investment is happening and that's what we're always looking at. Certainly is. On that note, um, as usual, uh, by the way, you know, do come along to our Aqua Showcase event. There's some good tech companies presenting. Uh, we still say got a few places left. Uh, that's next Tuesday. It's an all-day event. Uh, but with lunch thrown in and drinks in the evening thrown in, all for free. We're doing everything for free. It'll be really exciting. We've got Andy Bruff there as a judge, Judith McKenzie, Jim Armitage from the Sunday Times, uh, Rich Ricky from Pamia Gordon, the man in the hat. Uh, you might get some good racing tips. Um, so it'll be, uh, we've got Sir Robin Saxby coming along to talk about the future of technology. Um, you couldn't get a better person to uh, talk about the future of technology than that. So there was some really interesting stuff. 
um, if anybody's got any comments or anything they'd like to talk about next week, then please do uh, give us a tinkle uh, and we will try to if we follow it. Uh, but on that note, thanks, Phil, and I hope everybody's enjoyed it. Excellent. Well, I look forward to chatting again next week, Andrew.